Hello, I'm Mary the Polar Bear. I'm here in the hardwired hinterland. We're going to tell you a story about the jolly old red fat man. Wait, that's him right there, heading on out, delivering presents to all those good girls and boys. I best head over and see what uh, they got left at the old workshop. Merry Christmas, y'all. Hey, and give a listen to these folks. They know what they're talking about. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of finding out why mom and dad have to buy all the presents this Christmas. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Richard M. Nixon. Why does Santa have a workshop in Taiwan? Hmm, good question. Uh, welcome again to the TriTac Games Podcast. This time we are doing our Christmas episode for 2017, and we are talking about Santa Claus. On the hardwired hinterland. Because what else would we talk about? All right. So uh, we're going to have to give you a little bit of background here because not everybody is up to speed on the hardwired hinterland. So, um, uh, John, why don't you explain about accidentally turning left? Yes. The hardwired hinterland is this strange uh, place where, well, you get there by accidentally making a left-hand turn. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself on the beach, you know, if you're lucky, or in the water if you're not. Um, some people are lucky they land on, they hit the land instead. Um, but yes, it's a strange world where everything is 200 miles by 200 miles. The uh, there's these little islands called called environs that are 200 right, miles. Right, we'll yep. get to that. Okay, we'll get to that. We just want to talk about the, what the turning left part is. So the important thing here is is that anybody can ac- can find themselves in the hardwire hinterland if they accidentally turn left. That's right. Okay. So and we know that Santa Claus he flies a sleigh. Yep. And they're being pulled by a bunch of surly reindeer. Yep. <laughs> sounds like an op- like there's plenty of opportunities for accidental left turns, especially when you factor in things like you know unregistered uh, flights of uh, you know of, of drugs out of Tijuana and uh, an occasional oh. uh, you know occasional asteroid coming in out of the atmosphere, and every once in a while there's a flock of seagulls, and all of a sudden sand is turning left, and he finds himself. In- in the hardwired hinterland. Or Mr. Rednose decides to sneeze. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. And don't forget all those drones kids got out flying out looking for them. That's true, too. There's a lot of things up there in the air that can cause a little bit of a shock and uh, to a, a, even a seasoned flyer like Santa. Yep. So, and if you end up in the hardwired hinterland, uh, well, we know where that is. Because it's actually on the fringe pass. Trap, tell us about that. Okay, it is on positive 122, and by the old system, it'd be portal 8. Now, if you go by the new numbering system for the portals, 
it would be at the 11 o'clock position. But it is known as, and I'll read the blurb real quick, Hinterland Hardfall. Wharf is 20 feet above shadow water and a beach. This strange place is called the Hardwired Hinterland. Explorers soon discover the beach is a trolling zone for hungry giant squid. Exploration shows an interior with a small airstrip called DeRocher Field. It is a friendly place with a bar where the patrons will help the Fringeworthy. Basically, it's on New Akron. Oh, it is? I would imagine so. Just, just I read that, and that was my first gut instinct feeling. It's like, yeah, that's on New Akron. It may okay. not have been it may not have been talked about in the Hardwire Hinterland game itself, but right. I would think with how New Akron is, they would have more than just the airfields mentioned. Oh yeah, I mean there's four, there are five airfields, and only Rickenbacker and Ridley Field, Noonan, Ridley Field, and Rickenbacker are mentioned. So it's probably it, it, you know it could be near Columbus. Right. Well, you're right about that. I mean, since New Akron is the uh, airplane building construction and designing capital of the hinterland, you could expect to have all kinds of small uh, airfields everywhere, you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, uh, you know, back in my 20s, uh, actually even before that, in my teens, I, I did a lot of skydiving. And the, the guys that did that, they had their own little strip of um, a runway. And they would oh, just yeah, call Oh, yeah, there's a Tecumseh skydiving in Tecumseh, Michigan, which is maybe about 90 minutes southwest of me. And, yeah, there's a small airstrip there. Right. So they just call up the uh, – uh, I don't know if they did it on the radio or they did it on the telephone, but they just call up the uh, uh, nearby county airport and just say, hey, we're going to take off, and is the skies clear? And they would get the go-ahead, and they would just wave at the guy down on the, uh, on the, on the runway, and off he would go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they kept their, you know, fairly prescribed circling because, you know, that's all we did was go up and jump out. Uh, so um, and then he'd go and land it again and get a new crew and do the same thing again. So, you you know, if you're in the business of just uh, doing, you know, small jumper flights, uh, what do they call puddle jumping uh, and mm-hmm. a 200 by 200 mile uh, environ probably has a lot of that going on. Uh, I'm sure they they have them all over the place, and and most of these planes. Since we already know uh, about the fact that planes don't need a lot of runway to take off in the hinterland because of the physics of the hinterland and because of the lightning crystals, you could probably have a 200 foot long uh, air airstrip. You yeah, know, you, it's essentially, <laughs> you know, you need an acre. You, you need to have be set up on an acre of land, and you've got yourself an airstrip, and you can take off. So. Yeah, there's probably hundreds. Yeah, and if, if not thousands of them. If a 200 square or yeah, 200 square patch it's, of land, it's 200 by 200, land. which is a a lot more square miles than that. 4,000 yeah, square yeah, miles. 200 by 200. Yeah, yeah, 4,000. Yeah, so an acre isn't all that much as far as that goes. Well, that's 200 feet by 200 feet. Yeah, you don't need much. I mean, basically, you just got to get that one bounce, and yeah, you're flying. You right. probably take off in less than fifty feet. It all depends on how how loaded you are and how much you turn lightning crystal up too. Yeah, and it depends on whether you're going against the wind and all the rest of that stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, whatever. So, anyways, uh, so so we you know uh, so the premise on this particular podcast that we're ta- uh, doing this week uh, for 2017 was okay. Let's say Santa accidentally got grabbed and thrown into the hardwire hinterland. Yeah. Now, we're not what sure. would that 
And what would that mean? What would that mean not only to the hardware hinterland, but also to wherever it was that he left? Oh yeah, and and he'd be desperate to get back because he's got his wife and he's got his wife and all the other elves. They're basically going, "What happened to Santa? He did disappear from radar," you know. And it's like, you know, and if that world has a functioning Santa, I mean, uh, if you know, now it's the Bureau Thirteen Earth, it wouldn't be that much problem. In fact, it wouldn't be much much problem for him either, because he would go, "Where's the portal? There it is, bloop!" And he's back home. But we're thinking, I'm thinking more of a maybe not a Bureau 13 Santa, but more of like, as I said to Bruce, a Ranklin Bass Santa. Maybe not the same power level, but still pretty potent. Um, you know, and he's going, oh, I'm lost here. What is, what's going on here? Let's find some place to land. And and everyone sees his reindeer, and they're flying. And you think about that for a second. His reindeer can carry him around, what, 10,000 miles on a load of reindeer kibble? Yeah. Well, the whole, you know, him's speed or whatever. I mean, most of the time you see him traveling in any representation. He's only traveling at a canter speed, but he manages to do a lot of stuff. So, you know, that's that's all part of the Santa physics and the Santa reality that he's got going for him, uh, which, you know, I think if he's going to be Santa on the hardwire hinterland, that part has to still be true. Yes, I agree. And since magic does exist in the hardwire hinterland, I don't see that as a problem. Yeah. So the question is, does he set up, a, 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 you know, someplace like the ice, like, a, what is it, um, got the map, ice cap? Or does he go, you know, I don't like, you know, cold. Let's go find something, someplace warm this time to set up our shop. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think that if he's going to be Santa, yeah. well, I, okay, let's... I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, First yeah. of all, uh, okay, uh, let's talk about what he's left behind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if he is, in fact, the Santa from Bureau 13, okay, I mean, I know you guys all assume that, you know, he knows exactly where the portal is, but that might also be a part of him being on Bureau 13 Universe, which has a lot of magic. Okay, but assuming uh, assuming that he doesn't know how to get back, all right, uh, then we have, you know, Bureau 13 Earth, and they're missing their Santa. And we don't know when this happened, but we could be pretty sure it happened during the Christmas run. Either the beginning of it, the middle of it, or the end of it. Uh, so on one hand, there could be a lot of sad children. On the other hand, it could be he was finished up and he was on his way back when this happened. Yeah. But the point is, is that he's uh, he's basically... I think Christmas is basically a, a done deal for that year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So if Santa doesn't come back to the North Pole um, and we take as, um, you know, the as as gospel, okay, the, the episode of um, Santa Claus in the, uh, uh, the invasion of Christmas land in episode uh, or issue four of Terror Watch, uh, we know that, Christmas Land, you know, is a, is his own little parallel universe, a little little pub, bubble universe, so to speak. Uh, so it's it's not going to make any, uh, and it, I, I don't think it necessarily um, is part, you know, it, it's going to collapse just because Santa isn't there. So it's gonna, you know, so it's going to come down to basically uh, Bureau Thirteen or other entities deciding whether or not. They 
if they know that Santa's gone, whether they want to do something with Christmas land, good or ill. Yeah, or find a replacement. Because we know that Christmas land has at least one thing that a lot of people want, and that is it's got a wishing well. And uh, and a lot of people would like a well that get, uh, grants wishes. Oh, it'd be a race. Think about it. It'd be, it'd be, you know, it's amongst the various... It's, it'd be, it'd be, the Bureau is not the only one who knows about Christmas Land, I would imagine. I mean, the Russians probably know about it. But who and who knows that Santa's gone, though? Yeah. That's the question. That, that would directly depend on when Santa disappears. Well, he'd disappear sometime during Christmas night. Well, in that case, the, it would probably become aware very quickly. Yeah. If he disappeared during the, the Christmas run, as in he was still going... And wasn't done yet, that would become known very quickly. Yeah, I mean, he he starts in Australia. We're talking where where, where the the dateline starts. He starts in Australia and works his way up. And if he disappears somewhere halfway between Europe and America or North America, uh, yeah, everyone suddenly goes, "Where's our, where's Santa? He's not showing up." You know, the the bureau's special radar is not seeing him anymore. <laughs> You know, it's going. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember. Did, did we? Have, did we? Have, did we? Have, did we uh, decide that the, the if if it's not the bureau, this that someone has a connection can contact them up there, or is that was something we didn't dis- that was never discussed? Well, in the in the thing, uh, it said that people who were had a very very strong connection to the uh, to Gaia to the life force of the planet would be able to go into Christmas land on their own. Uh, and they could bring people in with them, but you just couldn't just r- jump into Christmas land unless you were either invited or you had this connection. Well, so I'm, I'm just wondering if there was a hotline. I don't think so. I mean, we, I mean, it's up to every GM is going to have to make, if they do this scenario, every GM is going to have to make a lot of decisions <laughs> as to what's available, what isn't. Um, you know, I, I, in my uh, world, um, I said that Christmas Land is actually the domain of the King of the North Wind, um, and he's asleep. And should he ever wake up, then the new Ice Age would come on the Earth because his breath is fiercely cold. And so, as long as he's sleeping, then he doesn't start breathing, you know, purposefully. So, uh, anyway, so it, Christmas Land is therefore his domain. And the biggest fear that anybody would have is that if anybody tried to fight over Christmas land, they might actually wake up the king of the North Wind, and then Earth would go into an ice age. I'm Mr. Freezemeister. I'm... No, I... yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, you know, in this case, he's a, he's a giant, uh, you know, frosty-looking guy who's asleep on his throne, you know, mm-hmm. or wherever, you know, in, in his castle. Um, and Christmas Land is Santa basically is all below him and and at his you know doorstep. As, well, at, no, at, at, at his tolerance. It, yeah. Assuming he was even awake to see it. So, yeah. anyways, and so that's that's one reason why you know things are so magical is because he's literally you know uh, he's he's a godlike power. Well, you did mention that he mm-hmm. does have a wife. Yes, he married, and she's but she's just a normal person. Yes, but she's also a person who can go realize he hasn't come home. Who exactly. Did, and who were those nice young men who came up here last time? Right. And so it's likely that she or 
um, or some of the elves might go and try to find the bureau or somebody, you know, you know, over the years they might have had contact with. Yeah, or at least you know, send an elf, send an elf on on a reindeer because that'd be the fastest. You know, right, right. So I think it's, I, th- I agree with you, John. I think that uh, it would be much more likely that the people in Christmas Land would be reaching out to the rest of the world to try to find out where Santa went than the other way around, where suddenly everyone realizes the Santa is gone and mm-hmm. they start swooping into Christmas Land somehow. Yeah, Operation Fat Boy. Find Santa. But, yeah. yeah. As, as a GM, you can play it any way you like. Mm-hmm. Of course. But, I, would, I would put it to the players to say, okay, what happens? You know, the, you, you, the Bureau's contacted because you're the last folks that actually contacted him, you know, and they know, that you of, know of. That you know of, yeah. And you get contacted by, by an elf by the name of Hermie. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, if I was if I was running this scenario, okay, yeah. then they would start doing divination. And in, yeah. in my universe, divination is is more suggestive than it's like helpful. It's not like postcognition or precognition or anything like that. You get it's kind of a more like a, a very, you know, a, a, it's it's more um, vague. No, I'm trying to use the word. Um, it's more impressionistic. Ah. It's like an art form. Or Vincent Van Gogh. Okay, so uh, so so you have your various people who are trying to figure out where Santa is, and someone just keeps seeing this 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 square thing, this like land, a square in the middle of a sea of something, and and of course someone's going to jump up and say he's in Oz, he's in Oz. <laughs> oh. We're going to go. Where's Oz? <laughs> Oh, yeah, we have to go to Kansas for that. <laughs> well, no, then, of course, they would turn and they would talk to... Ozma. Uh, your, your friend, you know, the yes. lieutenant... Wait, lieutenant who, lieutenant... No, no, um, oh, Major. Oh, uh, Colonel Shea Talbot. Colonel. Colonel, yes, I thought it was... Okay. Yes, Colonel Shea Talbot, because we know, they know from that the Fringeworthy have gone to worlds that were places where books had come alive. Yeah. And so if there was any place that was Oz, they would know of it. Now, Oh, yeah, because Colonel Talbot is the go-to for anything interdimensional. Right. Because even though she is French-worthy and comes originally from Victorian Earth, when she finally, you know, made that job for herself, she realized, okay, there's a lot more interdimensionality here than just the fringe paths, and just read up on everything, met with Ray Robertson, and said, <clears throat> how can I put this? Urinate me a large body of salt water on this. <laughs> Any way you can cross dimensions into this world or out of it, I need to know. Yeah. And here's this is something I need, because because I'm very familiar with the Oz mythos. If it's the same Oz that's, that's has a connection to Bureau 13, which it probably does. That means a certain Jolly Red guy had actually visited, because if you're a Red Wizard, any of the Oz books, he has actually visited Oz. Which means Ozma knows where he is. No, 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 not Ozma. Glinda knows where he is. Because she has that book of hers that tells her everything that happens. Okay, so if you do, in fact, find a way from Bureau 13 to Oz... And you go there and you talk to Glinda, and Glinda says, "What, Josie? 
I don't know what Glinda says. <laughs> Doesn't she say, he ain't here? How would I know that? <laughs> because he's in the hinterland, Josie. He's not in Oz. I, I don't think. Yes, I don't think. How would I know that that's Oz. what she said? <laughs> and besides, you're doing it wrong, Bruce. Oh, he's not here today. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go look in my book. I'll see where he is. I'm sorry. I, I'm not very good at, 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 at channeling women who are, who are getting tickled. Well, let's just say getting tickled. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it would be in her book. The book that basically records everything that happens to everyone but, who's been to Oz. Well, to everyone who's been to Oz or everything that happens when they're there. And yeah, and when they're there. But yeah, but she knew what was happening to Dorothy when she was back back in Kansas. It was in her book. So once you once you're there, there's a connection. And you she never loses that Maybe. connection. Okay. She, she well, knew, in either, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In, that that's fine because that, you know, be, because the biggest problem about this scenario is so it, is it can easily, you know, it, it last until the next Christmas, as far <laughs> as the players are concerned, and yeah. the time it takes them to resolve it. So if she has some way of saying, "Oh no, it's yeah, just <laughs> to go to the other square world," <laughs> <laughs> and starts talking about this place that's they're they're islands in the ocean, and then that's when maybe, you know, Colonel Talbot twigs on something else because we know that you know by our standard rules that bureau i'm sorry the fringeworthy is 20 years ahead of the timeline on bureau 13 yeah yeah and that means that they're probably in the late campaign as far as the way we normally run fringeworthy mm -hmm. and that means that there's a pretty good chance that they would have actually sent the uh, exploration teams out far enough to have found this particular portal Oh, yeah, and positive 122. Oh, no, that, uh, again, Bruce, as you say, barring bringing fringe trains in in the early campaign, finding the Hinterland portal would definitely be a late campaign event. Right. But because it is late campaign, fringe-worthy interacting with Bureau 13, it all works out. Yeah, it would be modern day here, or, or on Bureau 13, or... Hey, hey Trev, remind yeah, me... Which side is 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 the uh, are the Brits positive or negative? They're Victorian. Yeah, Victorian. They're negative. They're negative. Posi uh, nope, positive. So there's a good chance that maybe it's it's it, it, she knows it for, for reasons because the Victorians found it first. Well, the Victorians were only six months ahead of Ident. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I, but, I think we leapfrogged them pretty fast simply because they keep making it a secret. And that means that they're always going to be. Uh, uh, it's in, know, they're it, always going to have a, a personnel problem. In the book, we mentioned it only it only lasts like five years. By that time, all the spies find out what it's about, and it finally becomes public. You know, maybe you know. So it's 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 only a problem for five years. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was written. In, Which book are you talking about? In the D twenty book. We mentioned oh, that, that, okay. that there's only remember that. yeah, it's only okay. secret for five years because there's too many spies wondering <laughs> what's going down there in the Congo. <laughs> okay, yeah. all, right. all right, interesting. Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, it's, uh, see there, Trav. I I found out something new that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, but, but anyway. Trav always Trav always feels like he's he's behind the curve and. Every once in a while, something like that surprises me. Too. Well, no, when I when I start getting jaded about all the stuff that Rich has created, 
then there's a problem. When I'm not finding out anything new anymore, we know, okay, it's time to hang up the the big blue binder. Yeah. yeah. Now, of course, the assumption is if it's the Bureau 13, yeah, that's what happens. But what if it's not the Bureau 13 Santa? It, you know, there are other Santas out there. We've, we kind of have sort of established that in the... Yeah. Right. But, but, but let's be clear that, that this this is the most... That I, we all agree this is the most probable route as to how they you know they would discover where Santa has actually gone. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah they, right, they end up going to Oz to find the find you know, and they find out from Glinda. She reads in her book and says, "Ooh, look at this!" And and Rudolph saw a duck hitting three M, so he made a quick left turn and found himself flying over an ocean. Right now, you know, and and see, this is the biggest problem with. The whole Bureau 13 thing is it, you know, if you think about it, this is pretty, you know, quick. I mean, it may take a long time to resolve it, role-playing it in game sessions, but the actual timeline is relatively short. And the thing that you miss out that is you guys all run off and try to find Santa and get him and try to bring him back or figure out some way of bringing him back out of the hinterland. So, you know, that part, so the actual storyline could actually be fairly short if you did that. I, what I think is far more interesting is a Santa that goes to the hinterland and gets stuck there permanently. Okay, and and most importantly is that whoever is the you know if people are looking for him or not, the fact is when we come to look at him, time has passed. Or you can literally play Santa and his elves going through the exploration of the of the hinterlands, trying to decide what you're going to do as Santa and his elves. Because we also suggested that there might be some elves on the, uh, you know, on on the sleigh, um, not, you know, as well as Santa, and of course we do have eight reindeer, which which can be of varying genders. You know, they have names, but I don't think it says anywhere other than possibly stories that that that, that they're no, all male. No, no, right. I mean, I was reading up on that. They they are not indicated by gender, what they who they are. Okay. No, they're not. Yeah. The only person, right, so, in fact, the only person who's identified by gender is Rudolph. Okay. Well, well obviously. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, so, so, all right. So we have Santa, who might be from another world, who might literally be there for the duration, like everybody else in the hinterland. So, imagining yourself as Santa, and you arrive in the hinterland. Oh my stars and garters! What's your What's your next step? Yeah. What's your next step? You don't know how to get home. You don't even know how you got there. You know, you got a big funny red red costume on, but you know, uh, until they see this, until someone sees the sleigh and the reindeer, they're probably not going to twig to the fact that you're actually Santa Claus. I don't no, know because yeah. they say they say yeah. that. Oh, go, go ahead, Josie. You yeah, yeah. I'd say to anyone else until they see the actual sleigh and the reindeer, you're a fat guy in red suit. I'm a fat guy in a in a winter in a winter coat, sweating his you know what's off here in this in New Akron. So I'm taking this coat off. <laughs> Don't leave it laying around. Yeah, leave it on the sled. <laughs> I'm looking here to see when people were getting dropped off here because it said the general timeline of when. It's all over, but it's from um from the a few from the. Anywhere from 1000 BCE to 2950 CE, mm -hmm. majorly in this area, seem to be from 1690 to 2040. Okay. Yeah. 
which the which means Santa, uh, oh, uh, let, me, let me get the Santa that we all know was made in like 1920 by Coca-Cola. So if you're not a resident of the 20th or 21st century, you might think, oh, he kind of looks like Father Christmas or St. Nicholas. But if you're from 20 or 21st century Earth, you don't need the reindeer. You're going to look at him and say, that's Santa Claus. Yep. And like they said, you know, of course, which Santa? Because there's so many different versions of even of the of the stereotypical Santa. There's the jolly the, the jolly little elf who's probably not much bigger than his elves, you know. To the Ranklin Bass, you know, okay, this guy is a bear and he'll probably can punch you out if he wanted to. I don't know, but if we're talking the typical fat guy in the red coat and the black boots, that was that as we know as Santa. As I said, that was made by Coca Cola in like 1924. Right. Human-sized Santa Claus. We all know before then Santa was either Father Christmas or St. Nicholas or the small elf-like one. Nash. It was. I think it was Nash who created that? No, it was the Coca-Cola company. No, no, the artist was Na- named Nash. I think. Uh, Thomas Nash? Thomas Nash. That was it, yeah. Yeah, he did the political cartoons, I think. Like the Tammany Hall cartoons about big business and whatnot. And, and like political I said... And like I said, it, it, you know, in that case, it tends to fall into what I call the Ranklin Bass Santa, which covers a whole bunch of different Santas, but it's pretty much the same Santa when it comes right down to it. He has powers, he has abilities, but he's not the same level as the Bureau 13 Santa. In oh, the, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. So this this Santa doesn't have an alternate reality field around him. You know, luckily he's in that place where magic works. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So he and his, so his deer fly and he he can still travel, but like I said, uh, reindeer have been, in that case reindeer have been shown to be able to fly not under his control. So his his reindeer are special reindeer who can fly. No, no, get it right. If you're a Cheech and Chong fan, you know why they fly. The magic does. No, no, give a little bit more to Santa Claus. Give a little more to Santa Claus. Yeah. But yeah, if he just shows up, he's a trying to figure out, you know, well, a couple things. He immediately, he's Santa, he immediately knows who's naughty and who's nice. That's just a given power. Every Santa does that. Every Santa knows who's naughty and nice, so you'll find the wow, nice Well, that pe- would suck if he lands in uh, Lord Anson, Anson's kingdom, because Anson would ping like a... <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, I was, oh, no. I was thinking about, I was thinking about that. So Lord Anson gets a, a stocking full of coal. What's his reaction? I'll be great right this winter. Yes, great. <laughs> coal is coal is it's rare. Yeah, thank you, whoever gave me this coal. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's you know, so yeah, Sant, you know, so but yeah, if he lands a new Akron, eh, everyone's kind of gray there. There's some nice people, and he'll probably go try to find the nice people. Right. Well, I mean, you know, if, if in fact is that you know the the probably the. Uh, the most obvious job would be if he wanted to give up being Santa Claus, he could go work for the Interpol because he'd know who's naughty and nice. Yeah, but he's Santa, and there's all and and kids here are rare on the ground, and they really yeah. need presents. You know, yeah, because there's uh, in the hinterland, the birth rate is only one fiftieth of the normal yeah. rate. Yeah. Okay, so there's actually going to be uh, enough. I mean, there's enough kids but not so many kids that he probably could you know he could actually for you know do the job without having to have some kind of 
weird uh, time-space magic that allows them to get around. And as I put into the Bureau 13 one, I said, he doesn't go to everybody. He just goes to the people that he's inspired to go to. And that could still be true. Yes, Trap? Uh, One in 500. A one in 500? Yes. So even less. For humans, and I think for animals with a capital A. And that just says, it just says, the lack of aging has an adverse effect on childbearing. Fertility rates have dropped to one birth per 500 normal Earth births. Doesn't say normal human even, just normal Earth births. I, I would assume that, they, that animals have normal reproductive rates, because otherwise they would you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to eat meat. <laughs> okay, maybe lower a lowercase animals, lowercase yeah, a but animals. We, we know that 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 number is is the number of animals with a capital A is is actually fairly rare as well. Yeah. But, the point is, is except for cats. So, well, yes, yes, we were right. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Anyways, uh, and again, for our listeners who may not be familiar with Hardware Hinterland, uh, like Oz, uh, there are many animals in the hint, uh, in the Hinterland where the uh, they are intelligent. Uh, they are some of them are the size of a normal animal, and they're intelligent and cannot speak. Some of them are the size of a normal animal. And they can speak. Some of them are uh, fully erect, walking around with a with a like a normal erect skeleton, but they're animal shaped. So Anthro- yeah, anthro anthros, yeah, anthropomorphic, you know, animals. And those are also animals. Bruce, but- I think they all can speak. I, I, I think that's the main thing. Becoming intelligent means you can speak. Uh, otherwise, it'd be kind of hard to spot them. But you know, they may be reticent to speak. You know, you know that bear over there. Yeah, I'm not going to talk to him. <laughs> you know. But... Well, okay. It, it all it all depends on what you want to do, John. But we know true. that they are intelligent, yes. and they can communicate if they really want to. Just like we know that in the hinterland, it doesn't matter what language you speak. People around you can figure out what you're trying to say. Just if an animal doesn't have the dentation to speak. They can still somehow get themselves understood. Okay, yeah, I just went to look at the page. Uh, many of these are able to talk, so you're right. Some of them can't talk, uh, or at least they can't talk human. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, you know, and, and I, th- I think we said we went all the way from you know they're animals who are very smart to full anthropomorphization of, of of the critters. So you look at them and you go, "Oh, furry? No, that's not a furry." <laughs> No, 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 no. That's what a furry wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> or what the real what's deal? The other, or what's the other term I'm hearing? And I have actually a friend of mine, Alexa, who qualifies other kin. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, it's so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, so we don't know. You know who this person he's going to run? These nice people are. He may, he may go in and go. Okay, where are these nice people? He looks down at the cats. The cat goes up and looks at him. And goes. So what do you want? Meow. How do you think you are, Santa Claus? Well, yes, my little my little feline friend. You have yeah? to you have to alliterate. Give me a cat toy then. <laughs> Just a sec. Nice in there. He reaches into his pocket, pulls out a cat toy. Here you go, some catnip, my little feline. Uh, <laughs> it's the Santa's, good good Santa's stuff. Santa's bringing the stuff. <laughs> Party at my place. <laughs> Anyways, got the nip. <laughs> uh, uh, on the nip. Yeah, yeah. On the nip. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so, okay, so 
he's uh, Santa is with whatever amount of magical abilities or whatever you want him to have, but still with the overall ability to be Santa if he really wants to. He's going to be on New Akron or any of the other environs that you may choose to put him on. So, uh, so Trav, why don't you again explain to our, our listeners a real quick what is the Hardwire Hinterlands? The Hardwire Hinterland is, and and definitely if they if the islands are two hundred miles perfectly square, it's an artificially constructed dimension where various landscapes from times and places from all over various Earths have been deposited on these environs. And they range wildly from 1930s New York to post-apocalyptic America to a fantasy kingdom. And the islands are all separated with by ocean with, um, how can I say, a super, a super omnivoric ecosystem. Sea travel is not an option because there are both giant squids and carnivorous whales. Carna whales, so, yeah. Carna whales, oh yeah, yeah. So they, air travel was necessary, and due to the air travel, massive amounts of trade routes have sprung up between all these various environs and the societies within them. Right, and the societies all seem to be oriented around a, a societal construct, some kind of a concept. So you have the 1920s in new old New York, you have like the age of, uh, of major steel production in uh, in in New, New Pittsburgh. Yes. Uh, you have I don't know. Canada just seems to be kind of like a um, like a 1940s uh, 50s Canada, you know, with uh, Windsor no, and all that I, stuff. Actually, no. It's it was uh, 1990s. I remember. I remember because I remember looking at going. What year was this? Oh, it's. It's like current. It was like the current when the book was released. Current Canada, almost Canada. Right. Was, yeah. Go ahead. And then there's other places where it's like 15th century Russia and other things. And and all these places, you know, are there. They're that way because there uh, because there are buildings on them that suggest that. Yeah. And also because there are people who want to live that way, and so they all kind of congregate together. Your your kind go. You go and join your people. No matter where, if you started off originally in Poughkeepsie, you can still be on the steps of uh, Tuvok. Okay, so so we have these we have these separate islands that have different environments, different architecture, and the people to go with them, and therefore creating different societies, all separated by 200 miles of water in any direction, and that's where Santa is. So, oh, oh, and Bruce, Santa's, and Bruce, don't forget, there's yeah. the flip side. I, I was getting to that. Okay, so that means that Santa can go either, if he wants to set up shop as Santa, then he can either go to one of the existing environs, or he can go outside of that area and go to one of the unknown, unexplored environs, which can be anything that the GM wants to be there, including another North Pole. I mean, it could be another Arctic area. There's one. There's one Arctic area that's in the known environs, which is called Ice Cap. But yeah. that happens to be a prison, so I'm not sure that necessarily that would yeah. be where he'd want to set up business. Oh no, those are the wrong kind of workers. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't use slave labor. <laughs> right. It, it would. 
I think, seeing as how the reindeer and the elves and Santa himself would be used to that type of environment, he would go looking for so for an Arctic-like area. Okay, but but travel is right. I mean, he doesn't have to if he wants to. You know, he could just go to uh, um, you know a place that's more temperate, uh, or maybe something uh, not quite Arctic. Maybe something more toward um, I don't know Denmark, Sweden. Somebody, something, something that actually has seasons. Sonny, I'm going to Etowongo, where it's nice and warm, and the women are and the women are cute. <laughs> well, we don't know where he goes. Uh, well, we don't know where he goes for the rest of the year, anyway. Yeah, and and they're very hungry. Anyways, uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, so what do you think? Uh, uh, do you think he's going to? Uh, and, the, and what John was talking about is is that the hard water hinterland also. And you know, they has this vast array of environs, you know, as far as the eye can see. But it also has a flip side. There is, uh, it's actually, if you go up uh, 400 miles straight up, you end up with another hardwire here. Land is layered on top, looking down. So basically, there's the up uh, hinterland and the down hinterland. And up there, anything could, you know, they're all unknown as far as 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 uh, the 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 book, the hardwire hinterland is concerned. So if, if Santa wanted to, he could he could go up there and and park himself directly overhead of the, of the hinterlands, which would actually be pretty close because if he's on a hinterland that's 400 miles up, that's only like two hinterlands away from any other island in the in in the environs. Yeah. So it's actually would be probably the as far as strategically for the purposes of delivering toys each year, it would probably be the best place for him to go. But it's up to the you know the GM and the players. Where would you want him to go, Trav? I don't know. Call me old school, but I would still think it would look for an Arctic climb just because it's what he's been used to. And let's face it, he's in a strange place. He's going to want something familiar because as far as he knows, he can't go home. He's going to want something that resembles home to you know kind of help keep his sanity. So I would think I would think maybe the ice cap he just wouldn't be near the prison. Okay. I mean it is a 200 mile by 200 mile area and the and the and the, and the prison is just basically a, a fortress a thousand miles under the ice. I'm not thought it's about a thousand feet under the ice. So there's plenty of ice cap left. Ooh, maybe, ooh, here's another one. Maybe uh Tuva because that's, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I was thinking Tuva would be real good too because that basically talks. To me, that's you know Mongolian, and that you know that's the Himalayas up there. That that's some yeah. of the most inhospitable area on the planet. And so they're, all, but they're also icy, very they're also very non-militaristic. Oh yeah, they're, they're pretty laid back as a group. Yeah, well, I don't know. We kind of know how the Mongolians are. I mean, look at the Golden Horde. You know, you know, I think read that way. That. Well, let's let's see here. Oh, it says they are, well, it's it's printed here, folks, Oriental. Very reminiscent of the Mongolians. Just don't tell them that. <laughs> well, but considering the fact that anybody who comes to the hinterland can go end up on any environ, maybe the, maybe the majority of stock might be that way, but you're going to find lots of red-haired, you know, white-skinned people as well. Yeah, yeah. Black skinned, whatever. They're all going to go to wherever they feel the most at home. Yeah. And, and, and now, from my point of view, 
and I'm taking the fact that there's, you know, when people show up, they tend to be any, I would say, now when it shows them a new Akron, new Akron is just the example used in the, in the game. In my case, I would say people would show up in, in various locations, usually near someplace similar to what they're used to. So the, the poor, the poor folks in, in Magic Cost, they're all, for the most part, folks from that kind of place showing up in that island on, on, on the on the shores so there's and there's there is this tendency to find places that well fit your needs to a t sometimes and i wouldn't and i would actually pick one of the unexplored areas and say and center flies over flies over the center there is that pole uh, exhausting helium and uh, and so forth and it's painted red and white stripes and there's the North Pole. There is Santa's workshop. There's not his, but it's a pretty good approximation. You know, and, and for folks wondering how that is, well, there's these things called restorkies. They're these apes who go and build things. Uh, you can't really talk to them. They won't talk to you. Their, their main job is to build things. And they, they built most of new, new old New York City. They built every every building you see was built by for the most part are built by the restorkies, and it's I would say you know the way things work in this work in this world and in this setting, he finds the North Pole with Santa's workshop, you know with the Christmas trees and all that all that stuff. I mean, he's like, my, I think there's something going on here. He might even find more elves. You know, now some of them may go by the name of Legolas, but you know, he finds more elves <laughs> there at his workshop. You know, <laughs> at this workshop, and he made this set, set up shop right there. I mean, a, it's the North Pole. It's his Santa's workshop. You know, it's quite possible. I mean, I, there's a, you know, I'm looking at the map, and there's like about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, six, sixteen unexplored worlds on the uh, area environments on the map. Any one of them could be his new North Pole. Yeah, they're basically all the environs that the all the islands that are just outside of the known area. Yeah, yeah, he could show up there and yeah, settle in place. I mean, it's even a good chance that's where he appears. So he may not even know what's going on in the rest of the rest of the area. He just appears here and goes, "Okay, uh, what do I do now? Uh, I better land down there and see what's going on." And he asks around, they're going, we don't know. We ended up here, too. You know, yeah. big that mystery. Is, it could be. that. That's an interesting thing. He ends up taking the accidental left turn, appears on, well, it looks like home, but no one's here. Or the, you know, or, you know, or the industrial... Toy toy factory from you know Rudolph Red Nose Reindeer type situation, uh, and I wouldn't I wouldn't I you know hey, hey no one says that place is gonna be safe it is Santa's workshop so a bunch of other crews may be showing up there too you know maybe even a bumble. Well, I wouldn't assume that that anywhere he goes is going to be an exact recreation of no. the environment of Santa's workshop. I mean, I think that's kind of like you know kind of ruining the idea because we're talking about a mashup here, so. You know, I like the idea that he's he's got you know reindeer. Yeah. And if the reindeer suddenly start talking once they get to the environ, 
you know, uh, get you know, get to the hardware hitter land. Well, no one's going to think twice about that. He'd be surprised if they never talked before, or maybe they do talk like they do in Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer already. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, either way, you know, there, there's no, you know, they they could be talking, and then the elves, you know, unless the elves are literally a creation of Santa Claus, in which case he can make more. Uh, then the elves can start getting busy, and maybe until there's a certain number of them, maybe the elves have a higher birth rate than the rest. Or maybe he has to fill his workshops full of animals with a capital A and other people who find themselves, for some reason, gravitating toward whatever environment he's at. Yeah, you that's know. true, yeah. Yeah, and maybe he doesn't have. Yeah, maybe there is. He finds an art, another Arctic area, but there is no Santa's workshop. Maybe there is the pole, but yeah, when you find him. He's painted red and white like the Santa pole. You know, yeah. North Pole should be, and and he's busy. You know, hauling lumber on on the back of his sleigh because, well, yeah, he needs to build. He needs to build something. Now his elves are good at building. So what elves are with him? They're cracking things being built because it's well Arctic weather. Right. But then you have like polar bears who start showing up and start helping him out and other things like that. So because whatever environment he goes to, it's probably going to have some life on it. Yep. You know, and those animals, you know, either they don't have a capital A, but they just like him because he's Santa Claus or they do have a capital A, you know, and they 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 join in. And the uh, and the elves basically become like the 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 foreman. Yep. You know, and basically just tell them what to do and how to do it. And before you know, you've got a, you know, you've got a Santa's workshop going. And then the Restorkies show up and start producing stuff, you know, because they, that's what they do. And, you know, maybe make some other buildings for him, you know, or something like that. Yeah. You know, and maybe a house for him because he doesn't have one, you know, maybe the house is going to look like something unexpected. You know, lots uh, of gingerbread. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, a whole ginger. Yeah, is it a whole gingerbread version of Christmas Town? I, I was thinking like a, a restaurant, uh, based recreating the um, uh, the Wilderness Lodge from Disney World. Oh yeah, but I, I, <laughs> when I say gingerbread, that's actually an architectural term for a certain style of building. You know, it, it there's actually if you look at certain, uh, basically in places like uh, Le, uh like Livingworth here in uh, Washington State or um, uh, what's the German town in, in Michigan again? Frankenmuth. Frankenmuth. They have a lot of gingerbread. Okay, of- that so that that's what that Bavarian style is called. Okay, I just figured it was called Bavarian style. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. actually known as gingerbread. Got it. All right, that style makes me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's something. Maybe the Restorkies and and the maintain maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. Yeah, maintenance, maintenance. Okay. Maybe they just sense Santa's there and they build all that for him. Right. And don't forget about the oddballs, the, you know, the one-armed, one-eyed robots that just okay, seem to yeah. come out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Well, because I think we can assume that the Restorkies, I would think they would have a fair to middling idea who Santa is and make his environment for him. Because it's like, well, we know you're Santa. This is what you want. You're You're here. And you're Santa. We're going to help you feel at home, you know. So, 
but they may make a Hollywood set version of Santa's Village. But, you know, basically, you know, with all the frills, you know, he's going, no, my play place was just quite plain and simple. And this is not plain nor simple. And the Restorians are going, no, no, Santa, we got this. We're experts. We're professionals. Just Well, remember, if you if you mess with the Restorians and you don't stay out of the way, they will bind you to a tree. <laughs> How did Santa get tied? How did Santa get tied up to this tree? Funny story. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck doing with a with a guy with a with a guy with a sixty eight uh you know sixty eight belt uh, inch belt <laughs> belt with who can go down chimneys tying him up. You know where's he was tied up over there? No, he's not anymore. Okay, where's Santa? How did he get out? And like, who are you dealing with again? Oh. That's oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so that's one of the one of the issues. But yeah, like I said, I, I, I was thinking. Okay, so yeah, that's how him being there. So of course, no one's playing Santa. We're talking people who are in here land, and you know, now Santa's showing up. I mean, uh, how do they know he's there? I mean, you know, when did, so let's so let's say we have this stealth Santa. Then he shows up someplace, doesn't know what's going on. Restorki show up and help him build his little village. You know, he's doing his own work, too, because, yeah, he's got certain things he wants done a certain way. And, you know what, get out of the way, monkey. And, uh, <laughs> but, so it's a year later. How Does everyone find out there's a Santa then? Well, I, okay. What do, what do you think, Josie? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I would think, depending on where Santa ends up and how often that area is explored... You might have a flyover from some DC-3 from New Akron, and they look down in this Arctic environ, and they're like, it looks like Christmas land at the Lincoln Park Band Show. What the heck is this? You know? Yeah. Or if he does go on notice on December December 26th, everyone knows there's a Santa, because there's gifts that I didn't give that. I didn't give that. Who's it from? It's a Santa. Either that or, um, let's be honest here. Depending on how dense people can be, yes, <laughs> they might think, "Oh, somebody just playing a joke," and nobody wants to admit to being the one responsible for it. That you know, that is that is very true, Josie. <laughs> yeah, they won't. Th- the people have a tendency to not think something, to not believe something unless it's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't think of any other rational explanation. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to go full tilt either. I mean, you know, next Christmas comes around and he could do a, a, a kind of a pilot run, you know. Yeah. Maybe that maybe this the, the the workshop isn't at full tilt yet. So he takes what he has and he goes out and he gives them out and he comes back. I yeah. mean, he can build, start small, work his way up. Yeah. You know, you know, cr- Hit the nearby places. Say he's on, on 48. I'm looking on the map right now. So 48 is in the lower left-hand corner. So say that's where he's operating out of. He may head to... Okay, not there. He won't go there. But he might actually go to uh, Tuva. He might go to Etiwango. He may go to, uh, say, Little Texas. Maybe those are the first, first three stops. And he delivers appropriate toys for all, all the, you know, the, all, what children's are there and, and appropriate for their culture. So the Texans get little pop guns and stuff like that, and little little riding horses, and Tuvans get Tuvans get whatever Tuvans want, and the Etiwagans, they're looking at little ca- little canoes and and uh, tiki dolls and whatever, and they're going, yeah. 
know, he, he makes what's appropriate for the for the culture. He always seems to do that. <clears throat> and the word goes out that Toy showed up. You know, Toy showed up for my kid. And I mean, I gave him the I gave him a couple of things, but that thing over there, I did not give it to him. You know, Bill, did you give that to him? No, it wasn't me. Sid, no, nah, it wasn't me. And they all sort of scratched their heads and said, someone did it. And because it's like Josie said, Santa? Yeah, pfft, right. There's no Santa. Right. Yeah, there's no Sandy Claus. I, I think at this point it might get take a few years before it catches on that mm-hmm. Santa is in the hinterlands and he is open for business. I think after because he... Because if, he, if he's starting out small, it's mm-hmm. going to take him a while to build up if his... It, unquote, right. Yeah. And especially if he wants to to be as unnoticed as he normally is. I think when Anson gets a sock full of coal, I think then people are going, okay, coal. Where's he getting this stuff from? I mean, let's, let's be, uh, that is one thing about Santa. His elves are busy producing things. We have no idea where the raw material is coming from. But once Santa's workshop is up, full, up and running... It produces, and uh, you never see raw material going in, but stuff comes out. Yes, and that what, would be again part of Santa's magic. magic. Yeah, so or yeah. it could be that there's this place nearby that's maintained by the maintenance mm-hmm. that has a big storeroom full of supplies, and as long as he doesn't move into it and harvest it too hard, there's always going to be plenty of stuff for him to bring over to the workshops. There you go. That too, yeah. So yeah, but like I said, when someone important gets gets a you know a thing like a sock full of coal or something that you know, there's no way you could got into the you know the premiere of Can- almost Canada's bedroom to leave a toy for his children. There's no way. You have to get past so many different people, and that's when they start going okay. And and then you look at Anson, who's even more paranoid about somebody coming in the middle of the night. So, you know, if the premier of almost Canada has decent security, Anson's security is going to be damn near airtight. Yeah. How did this stocking and coal get in here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And where did the coal come from and all this good stuff? And yeah, they start wondering. And then, so, you know, so next year the patrols are out. Anson's knights are out flying, looking to see, see if they can find anything at night. Um, and of course, Santa is going to sneak in unawares on that sleigh because, again, He's Santa. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. he's he's the B and he's the B and E expert. <laughs> he can he can you know no chimney no problem he'll just he'll just go through the window. Uh, or or in, out, in and out like a in and out like a duck mating. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Or if you just have a curb a cardboard cutout chimney, that's just per that's just all you need a fake furnace a fake fireplace that works. You can come out come through that. I mean, he's Santa. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, so, and there's some people who would take notice of that um, and start trying to figure out, and, and, as, and as good as he is, some will spot him. I mean, look at these. Usually ho- kids. Yeah. But also look Even at that. there's a diminished number of kids in the hinterland, it doesn't mean they don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at the, at the other various you know, um, mythos and so forth. Sometimes he actually has a working relationship with governments. When you know, I mean, you know, heck, look at this year without Santa Claus. It hit the news. Santa Claus is not is not going to do Christmas this year. 
uh, that was he has a pre- he has a press office in the, on that one. Well, remember you have you know the whole thing with Santa Claus and NORAD and the Santa yeah. Claus. That would mean he'd have to have quote unquote connections with the U.S. and Canadian military because NORAD is a U.S. joint U.S. Canadian venture. And it means the slid's made out of metal because if it's made out of wood, you ain't gonna see it with a radar. <laughs> Oh, that is true. Yeah, something like <laughs> the air made of wood wouldn't ping on the radar at all. Yeah, wow. and then there's that, sa- that, that never occurred to me. That's right. Ooh. Yeah. So he's he's carrying reflectors so they can spot him. Oh wait a minute. Yeah. Would he have wood? Would he have wood slats on that sleigh or steel? Good point. It could be steel or iron, one or the other. Well, steel or iron, he would ping then. Yeah, but he would yeah. ping like a sparrow though, because they're not very big. Still, something that big flying that fast through, mm. because we, it's all been determined. Santa would have to be exceedingly fast and basically do time travel to hit the number of homes that he does on Christmas Eve. Yes, we're applying science to Santa, folks. Bear with us here a minute. Still, something moving around that fast on NORAD's radar, if other, because New Akron probably would have radar by now. I don't, I don't really think it matters what it's made of if it's moving that fast. Yep. Yeah. I mean, well, even if nothing will be able to touch him. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, you're not going to be able to touch him, but you suddenly pick up something moving that fast, that big. Right. You're not right. going to care what it's made of. You're just going to care, okay, something's big and fast. Okay. But keep in mind a few things here. Okay. And that is that let's, let's just take a look at New Akron, which has a fairly large population. Yeah. It's got 30,000 there, which at the rate of that one per 500 we talked about, that means there's 60 kids. In New Akron. Yep. Okay. That means that in the entire hinterland, known hinterland, which is most of those places are, are fairly empty, 1,500 children, period. Yeah. So if all he does is bring toys to kids, it's, you know, he's he's going to be flying around pretty it's, – it's, it's not like he, – he's going to be, like, jumping here, going there. He's not going to be anywhere long enough for anybody to catch him. And if he's traveling at the kind of speeds we're talking about – then it's kind of like whoosh, you know. What was that? You know, green and red and jingly bell sound. <laughs> okay. Now, if he is, also if we assume he's hitting the flip side as well, because we do know from one setting, one adventure, there is actually people on the flip side. So if he's hitting the flip side as well, well, even then that means so it's three thousand kids, right? And there's and, and no one's. I mean, unless you see him on radar, you ain't going to see him because there is no moon. There are no stars. Yep. When he's flying around, it is dark. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and you can only cross through the helium barrier at, at night. night. Yes. You cannot do it during the daytime. Which you is fine for him. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine for him. Yeah. So we have to add, we have to ask the R word. Does he have Rudolph? Does he need Rudolph? Most people put Rudolph with Santa Claus these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. It let's just, just makes the, sense to have him there. Okay, okay, fine. For the sake of the story, yes. Uh, if you like, you can have him. Okay, yeah, I don't yeah. care. So you see I a mean, red streak. That's all you see, you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, you might see that. And oh, yeah, and it's basically, you know, yeah, like the like like a light on the front of a, of a DC three. Right, you know, no, like the rally very, very fast, like a light on the front of of an SR seventy one. It's, it's actually more like any of those things that were in close encounters of the third kind that were zipping around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoom. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but we'll take notice. And like I said before, 
he has reindeer who can fly, who can fly all that all that all that space on on a on a single on a single meal of kibble. Right. And there are people out there going, Ooh, I want that. Anson would want that. And there's people out there who say we need to protect him because we want to initiate a breeding program. Um <laughs> I hate to say, I mean, yes, I'm going to say the reindeer are probably all capital A animals. Capital R reindeers. So then you get in that situation, uh, you know, we're talking, you know, who gets who gets the, the, the idea first? It depends whether that we're talking they're going to try to enslave the reindeer or they're going to protect the reindeer, but to sort of encourage them to get busy. Well, that's where if he goes to the up hitter land and then only gives toys to the downhitter land yeah then he's doesn't have he, he probably doesn't have to worry too much about anybody chasing him down yeah but if he, but even that well if he's done even as the up hitter land there's still people up there who'd get the same idea i mean we don't know not necessarily if, if he doesn't if he doesn't take toys to the people in the up hitter land then they may not even know about him yeah yeah that's true but yeah it's still I, I, I want to have a way to involve the player characters in this, and that's that, that's what my original suggestion was this for. You know, uh, they're in New Akron, they're busy working on the airplane, right? And well, a reindeer walks in. His name's Randolph or something like that, and asks for help. Santa's in trouble. Okay, right. You could do that. Okay, I actually when I envisioned this, I saw it more toward you know Santa Claus comes in after first getting there, and mm-hmm. the player characters are either a Santa, his elves, mm-hmm. and the reindeer. Oh yeah. Okay, and, poss- and possibly a mouse, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or B. There are people that uh, that basically help Santa figure out where he is and where he wants to go, and and goes with him uh, mm-hmm. as he goes to find himself a new place to set up shop and becomes part of his community. Yeah. So. I mean, but you can't do that where he basically does all this separately from everybody else, and then only when times are dire does he suddenly come in. And uh, but I would want—I personally would want as a player character to be part of this from the beginning. I'd want okay. to be helping Santa grow, helping mm-hmm. Santa set up, helping Santa find out where all the kids are. Maybe it's your job. I mean, you know, Santa may know whether you're naughty or nice. It doesn't. But does he know exactly where you are? Because if he doesn't, then maybe you have to fly to all the different environs to figure out where all the kids are. Yeah. Or, hey, if you are a, um, a, a, a fly-by-wire group, you may offer to become his mailman. <clears throat> Get those letters from those kids and you fly right. to where – and you deliver them. You know, those kids – you know, all those could be There's writing Santa's letters. mailbox in the middle of the uh, – uh, in, the, in the, the major city in the environ. And yeah. fly in and pick up the letters and then go flying off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. At night, the lights turned off, using your inertial compass because you don't want him following you back to where he is because it is kind of dangerous to have, you know, because there are people who, who want what he has. I mean, he has that bag of his, which can hold how many toys and not really weigh his sleigh down? I mean, technically, he has a bag of holding for all those toys. It's like the super bag of holding. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I guess, and I still go, would go on the reindeer. I mean, would, if you have a if you have a set of reindeer, all you need is a pop your lightning crystal, and off you go. You don't need fuel. You you just need kibble for the reindeer. <laughs> right. Well, if the reindeer can go as fast as Santa goes on that night to be able to deliver all those toys. Then you'd probably want to ride that reindeer in, anyways. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. but Or let's say that the only reason why they can go that fast is because Santa's there. Otherwise, it's just, you know, they, they do got range, but they don't have the speed because, well, they need Santa back there to give them the extra and off they go. I don't know. That's up well, to the GM. Only, yeah. And, and <laughs> Go ahead, Josie. Well, yeah, like you said, the only time we see them is they're going at a, at a normal-looking canter. Yeah, so there could be some sort of time dilation field around Santa, so he can't, you know, he's not going very fast. He's just going at, well, how fast, however fast reindeer can pull a sleigh, you know. So, yeah, he's, he's sitting there with a pot of coffee going, how many how many days till we get? Uh, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of possible scenarios for this sort of situation, you know, where, A, you find out there's a Santa. Oh, so let's go find him. So there's let's go find Santa because you know there's a Santa, you know, and off you go. Or Santa's in trouble, you know, and you need to help us because the air pirates found him. Or maybe one of the elves got disgruntled and left the toy, and he's now in trouble somewhere, and someone's trying to you get the information from him, and you know, and you have to go rescue one of Santa's elves. Butcher boy. Uh, for those who are not familiar, he's he's a particularly nasty person because he takes advantage of the fact that everything grows back. Oh yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. all right. So we have a number of scenarios here. We've got you know we've got the whole let's do it from the bureau side and mm-hmm. go and try to find Santa and 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 show him the way home. Yeah. We have the Santa arrives and. Uh, you take the part of of, of the the, uh, the 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 part of his crew, and you the all of you go off and create a new uh, uh, a new North Pole, mm-hmm. and then there's the uh, one there's the other one where you do that, but that you also include a whole bunch of people that they've run into on whatever hinter whatever environ you initially have Santa appear next to, That's or true. you have Santa already being set up somewhere in the hinterland. And you're either people uh, and you're people trying to find him because of the, you know, you've got, um, you know, gold dust in your eyes and you're thinking that, wow, you know, if we get our hands on some of that magical tech, then we can like, you know, revolutionize, you know, the hinterland, you know, by that. Okay. Um, or you, I say, or the final thing that we were just talking about is, is that, you become a rescue team that has basically, you know, goes to Santa's Santa or one of Santa's uh, people's aid when they're grabbed by, you know, nefarious people who want to exploit Santa, like Butcher Boy. Yeah, or air pirates who basically want, you know, sick and tired of having to, you know, you know, steal fuel and that stuff. If we, you know, we got plenty of kibble, <laughs> they can pull. You know, we just need to get enough reindeer to pull our airships. Yeah, you need one reindeer could probably pull an airship. Yeah, if you turn lightning crystal up high enough, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Just pull the whole airship, and he's in front, just pulling it along, and you don't have to use. You don't have to this butcher boy. I need to. If let me, he's in the uh, he's in the third uh, scenario adventure. Sam Butcher Boy Blackwell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's a piece of work. Crime boss and people involved in theft, smuggling, bribery, and kidnapping. Humorless, to say the least, and his best psychotic. Yeah. There are some not nice people in the hinterlands, too. Yeah. Well, no, just somebody who is, like, cutting off 
fingers to do that. No, if you saw spies like us, and you'll you'll know what I'm referring to. Yeah, the Chevy oh, Chase yeah. fingers, fingers. Uh, as long as you don't bleed to death, I th- I figure legs and arms. Well, no, it's the line <laughs> where you got the Russian spy yeah. tied up in the chair. Every time we cut, every time you do not tell us answer, we cut off finger. Mine or yours? Yours. Okay, just checking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the but- butcher boy is just a piece of work, and I think you know he. Uh, I if you're running a hindered land game, he should be a, a recurring villain up until, of course, you decide to run the scenario where he gets caught. Maybe. So you're saying, as far as the villain goes, he's a cut above the rest. Yeah. Oh, but above. One show a week, folks. DementiaRadio.org, Tuesday nights. Thank you. Are you sure it's only one a week? <laughs> Go to the buffet. You know, try the buffet. You know, try the meatloaf. Lift the weight, staff. Try the meal. Good night, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way to kill it. Way to kill podcast trap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Santa bringing presents to animals with a capital A? Well, after he counts Murray the Murray the uh, Murray the polar bear and 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 Jose the the uh, the the penguin. Yeah, I would say that this would be an opportunity for the GM to introduce the animal version of Santa. Ooh, oh yeah. Someone so to is- service the you know maybe each race you know gets their own Santa. You have a you have a a uh, council of Santas, each taking care of their own uh, interest group. For those who are interested. Bruce's Bruce's is, is channeling Santa Claus versus the Martians. Yes. Well, at the I end of the Martians, the, I, I thought he was channeling the different deaths. But yeah, but yeah, actually, I like the idea of the, of the council. You know, so yeah, Santa says, "Okay, Murray, you're going to be the new Santa for the polar bears. All six of them. We'll talk about it." Uh, <laughs> you know, actually, there's probably a bunch of polar bears on ice cap. Oh, I'd imagine. Yeah, and we know we know there's polar bears on uh, uh, the the Russian one. Yeah. Oh, little Kiev. Yeah. Little Kiev. Yeah. No. Because they because they have not only do they have polar bear races, they also use them in the uh, execution of prisoners. Yeah. Actually, actually that yeah, is it that, is ooh. Yeah, it is ooh. Um, it's actually a bit of the golden compass. Um. Oh. Yes, very much so. Yeah. I ew. Yeah. <laughs> so I can ma- imagine the conversation between Santa and some air pirate. You know, ah, I have you now. Yeah. So, I'm Santa. You don't know what trouble you've gotten yourself into, because everyone in everyone in the hinterland will be after you now. They would yeah, be too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If it gets found out, like. New Akron or almost Canada that an air pirate has kidnapped Santa. Everybody with a DC through would go flying after that air pirate group. Everything that could fly be up in the air. Anson would send his knights just because it's like, this guy gives me coal every year. I'm warm during the celebration week of the Empire. Anson would be like, son, you just bought yourself a whole world of <laughs> Yeah, of course. Santa would defend him, though. The moment when the, the the moment when having your stocking full of coal is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And yeah. Hanson, being the person that he is, as I said, 
that air pirate would know no end of a whole environment of pain would come down on him. Yeah, yeah but Santa being Santa, see, he'd, he'd defend him, though. It would be funniest is if the air pirate doesn't know who he took. Oh, oh yeah, for some reason he's just not, a, he didn't get the memo on who this guy was. He realizes, why am I having to run? Why do I have oh, 19 environments? Air oh, 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 oh. Here, here's this defenseless old man in a red suit. With flying reindeer. Yeah. I can use hey. those. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 you know, he, he's... Wait a minute. You're a what? <laughs> oh, you know, he's from the 16th century. He's, in fact, he is, in fact, an old dyed-in-the-wool pirate. He's never heard... You've taken to airplanes now because boats yep. are not safe. Yeah. Aye there, laddie. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he's never heard of, you know, Father Christmas... You don't look like him. Yeah, way too thin. He, he would I don't be know. The Santa we know's got you know got got some pudge on him. I mean, he, yeah. Also, he's not dressed as, dressed right. He's not wearing the he's not wearing the uh, uh, the laurel robes with the yeah right yeah yeah with the laurel, with the holly laurel, and uh, yeah, he doesn't look like Father Christmas. He looks like someone else. You know, remember Father Christmas is probably a combination of. Of Saint Christopher, you know, Saint Nicholas, the real Saint Nicholas, and Odin. Yeah. Well, yeah, we had Sinterklaas, I believe, was mm -hmm. German one. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Right. And he has, and, and that's a, you know, more of a, a of a very um, many layered fur coat is what he wears. Yeah. yeah. You said Sinterklaas. If it yeah. is the Sinterklaas, does he bring Black Pete with him? Does he bring Krampus with him? Oh no! I was thinking Krampus would be another thing. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> and Krampus has no problem traveling to any environment. Environs, East Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't want Santa bring. Like you said, no. If you want that to be the Santa that shows up, that's fine. But I don't think that there'd be a whole lot of other Santas variations of him suddenly showing up because that you're kind of like. You know, yeah. screwing around with the concept of accidentally coming into the hinterland. I'm just deciding which one shows up. I mean, heck, Saint Nicholas, you know, the 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 uh, the, the Macedonian uh, saint, you know, who you know who basically was a uh, uh, from Turkey. More, uh, he's actually from Turkey. So he's from Turkey. Yeah, John, you would probably be the only person who would want that one to show up. Okay, I mean, the one it shows up is going to be the one the players want to show up. Right. Since most of our, and since most of our players are from Western, you know, culture, I appreciate which works very well with the hinterland because most of the hinterland is Western culture. Who wouldn't uh, want an Eastern Orthodox uh, Santa Claus? You know, <laughs> uh, who is also the saint, patron saint of thieves and oh, uh, that Saint Nicholas. That yeah, yes. You you talked about it on the last Christmas episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who basically? Oh yeah, no problem. Ass. <laughs> I like my I like my Santa's mischievous but nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think yeah, I think I think it's uh, time to put us under the Christmas tree and put a bow on it. I guess. Okay. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to us. Uh, take Santa Claus and take him to yet another weird location uh, for him to be, and we hope that you've enjoyed all these Christmas episodes we've done over the past eight years. Uh, we've we've done, enjoyed doing them for you, and we hope that someone will take this idea and actually make it happen. 
because it's uh, it's it sounds like a, an actual campaign arc, like the one that uh, we uh, we wrote for the the, the Hardwood Hinterland during our first introduction on this podcast. So these are this is another one that you could do because there's a lot of places to go, a lot of things to do, and it's all very thematic. So uh, we highly suggest that you start a campaign and take it wherever you want it to go and let us know about it uh, on our various Facebook and Google Plus and uh, the uh, TritacGamers.com and just the TritacGames.com website. Just let us know. I'm sorry? On our discourse, uh, discourse server. Our discourse server, if you could figure out how to get to that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, of course, uh, on our Podbean site where you have uh, you're streaming this out of or downloading it from. So and the fan, fans of the TriTech podcast on Facebook and fringeworthy RPG fans on Facebook. Exactly. And don't forget the tri- fans of the TriTech podcast. <laughs> I just, That's why I, I just said Facebook. Just said I'm that. sure they could find it on Facebook if they search. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so thanks everybody and uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes. And to all of you. Thank you. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. This was the Tritag Games Podcast. This podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. Have a Merry Christmas.